0: Welcome to Episode 87 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Below. Thanks for sharing this time with me today. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been listening for a while, I hope you will hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, or even change your life. Before we jump into the interview, I have a few things to share for the good of the order. I used to call this segment shameless self-promotion, which was my way of almost apologizing for sharing things that I've been working on that I hope will support you. But I realized recently, why does shame even enter into the picture when it comes to sharing resources that solve a problem for someone? And how is offering a product or service self-promotion? I'm not selling me. I'm sharing a solution, something that I hope you will find makes your life easier, more interesting, or more successful. I understand the phrase, shameless self-promotion, but I've decided it doesn't fit these types of announcements anymore. What am I really doing, after all? I'm inviting you to learn more about something I think will be useful to you. And there is no shame in that. Here are three items for your consideration. First, I wrote the book Insight Reflections on the Gifts of Being an Introvert back in 2012. It's a collection of some of my favorite blog posts, and it's a light, easy read that still packs a punch. It's been available in paperback and for e-readers, and now I'm pleased to share that there's an audiobook version. Not only that, but there are three bonus chapters that include more recent favorite posts. You can get your copy through Audible.com, Amazon.com, and iTunes by searching for the title, Insight, Reflections on the Gifts of Being an Introvert, or by searching for my name, Beth B. Low, and B. Low is B-U-E-L-O-W. Second, you're probably aware that I've got a new book coming out, The Introvert Entrepreneur, amplify your strengths and create success on your own terms. I'm doing a giveaway of three signed advance review copies on goodreads.com through October 2nd, 2015. All you have to do to enter is log into your goodreads.com account, search for the book title or my name, and look on the book page for win a copy of this book. There you can enter the giveaway. Entries close on October 2nd, so act soon. And third, I've decided to turn this podcast into even more of a resource by setting up a win-win-win opportunity. Starting with the next episode, which features my conversation with the amazing Andrea Lake, you'll hear a couple of short sponsor spots. This is a win for you. You get to learn about a fabulous new product or service that will enhance your life. It's a win for the sponsor, since they get to reach more people and connect with the fabulous introvert entrepreneur audience. And it's a win for me, because it creates more sustainability for me, my business, and this podcast. I'm trying to practice what I preach, finding ways to create sustainable, energetically aligned business models. I hope you'll enjoy learning about new resources as other sponsors come on board in the weeks and months to come. Now on to our featured presentation. I don't want to assume that everyone listening to this podcast is an introvert, but I'm probably safe in guessing that most of you are. And if you're an introvert, you know something about feeling on the edges of things, of not being understood, of feeling out of step with the people around you, or even sometimes feeling like you wish you weren't an introvert. My guest today is going to give us some new perspective on being on the edge of things. Matt Curry is a serial entrepreneur and a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of The ADD Entrepreneur. He built Curry's Auto Service into a 10-location chain servicing almost 5,000 cars per month and was voted the top shop in North America as voted by Motor Age magazine, as well as earned recognition as an Inc. 5000 for fastest-growing companies for three consecutive years. Matt and Judy Curry have won numerous other growth, community, and philanthropic awards. Matt is a founder of The Hybrid Shop, a company dedicated to training the automotive aftermarket in hybrid and electric vehicle technology. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. It's a pleasure to be talking with you today.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Beth. I appreciate you having me on your shows. I think we're going to have an interesting conversation.
0: I know we are. Yeah, definitely. Well, what is making you smile today?
1: Um, I tell you, it's a beautiful day. I'm in my weekend house on the water and it's a perfect 80 degree, no humidity day here in Virginia. And so that, and you know, my family, my kids makes me smile. Life is good.
0: Yeah, lots to be grateful for. That's right. Well, where do you happen to fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? I always ask this question because I think the audience likes to have that kind of context. And and I'm curious, depending on where you fall, how has that awareness influenced you as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I think I'm an extrovert to the max. I <laughs> come from a very large family. I'm the youngest of seven kids, and uh, if you didn't speak up, you didn't get served, you know what I mean? So yeah. I... I <laughs> I think that that had a big influence on me and, um, I've used those social skills to make connections and create teams and motivate people. Um, I think being an extrovert allows you to network and you're easy to get along with people. But I think being an introvert, having, you know, some quiet time to yourself and doing some meditation and thinking about where you want your business to go and your company culture is very important as well, though. I think Mm -hmm. those types of thinking are very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I appreciate that as an extrovert, you're pointing out that having a little bit of introvert energy is is a valuable asset, because I think introverts are always being told you've got to be more extroverted. And sometimes it's nice to uh, recognize that it's beneficial for an extrovert to be introverted as well.
1: And vice versa. That's exactly right. And I, I think that's kind of what my books a lot about is being aware of where you are, and what the characteristics are, and using those as strengths, not trying to fix your weaknesses, but use, your, use those strengths and, and, and use them as your superpowers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that's a great lead into my, you know, jumping into the the conversation about ADD. And is talking a little bit about, you know, how ADD is similar to introversion, simply through the fact that people have a lot of misconceptions about what it is. And as you just mentioned, they think of it as a liability rather than an asset. How do you personally experience ADD?
1: Well, when I was diagnosed with ADD back in like 1977 or 78, the doctor said I was going to have to work twice or two or three times harder than everybody else to mm. have any type of success in life or certainly in business. But I feel like my ADD gives me uh, the vision um, and i have used it in a positive direction uh, by creating teams and motivating people. Uh, ADD gives you lots of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you use that energy... Um, to motivate people and put them in a positive direction. It also allows you to creatively solve problems and see things that other people other people don't other people miss. Again, it's about being self-aware, knowing what, you know what you're good at and what you're not, and using the things that you're good at as your superpowers.
0: Yeah, what you're sharing is it feels like a lot of overlap with what I'm saying. And what I'm realizing is that as you talked about ADD and managing your energy, that's so much about what introversion is as well as seeing energy as something that you can manage and harness and use to your advantage and be aware of it, because it's really going Absolutely. to, you know, have a heavy influence on on how you're showing up and, and to what degree you're able to achieve what you want. Exactly.
1: All that energy, I mean, it makes me impatient, it makes me anxious Mm. and and all that, but it also makes me persistent and creates a a sense of, you know, I can create a sense of urgency in others. Being self-aware is very important, and using your God-given talents in a positive way, uh, it it just seems natural, right? But everybody's been told that, you know, you've got to work on your weaknesses, you've got to learn how to focus. Well, I only want to focus on something I'm good at, right? (laughs) Right. Um, If something... (laughs) My my best and highest use isn't sitting in an office reading a 50-page legal contract. Right. You know, I'm better out in the field uh, you know, making sure the policies and procedures are being followed and making sure the stores are moving in a positive direction and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, and that takes a lot of energy. And I'm thinking about the cover of your book as sort of a human tornado. <laughs>
1: My wife designed that.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that really encapsulates, you know, that really um, crystallizes what you're sharing here in a very powerful visual. So kudos to your wife.
1: (laughs) Right. Thanks. She was pretty awesome. Well, that's a good example. I mean, as an ADD entrepreneur, you know, I create a lot of chaos and I, you know, have a lot of great ideas. I throw stuff up in the air and and somebody has to take all that chaos and make order out of it. And surround yourself with people that are good at what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. and have everybody use a high and highest is. She's great with details and great with graphics and other things. It's been a good uh, business relationship as well as 25-year marriage to my life. Yeah,
0: awesome. yeah, absolutely. How would how would your wife characterize herself? Do you think she falls more introvert or extrovert? She
1: calls herself the Tasmanian devil, uh, <laughs> devil whisperer. The Tasmanian devil whisperer. So that's will awesome. tell you quite a bit. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I think so. That's that's a wonderful uh, description. <laughs> and and what must be a fun role for her to play. <laughs> well, you you lived... Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, we you've you've mentioned a few things here about, you know, what are the opportunities that lie at the intersection of being ADD and an entrepreneur? Because I'm guessing that you know, as you were told back when you were first diagnosed in the 70s that perhaps those two things are incompatible because of the focus that's required to be an entrepreneur or that steadiness, you know, I mean, so what have you experienced, I suppose, and, and noticed that bring that what the opportunities are that your ADD brings to being an entrepreneur?
1: Um, the opportunities, you know, is again using your God given talents and putting yourself in the right situations to make yourself successful. If I tried to study to be an accountant or a lawyer, I mean, maybe for arguments and debates, the lawyer part would work for me, but certainly not the hours and hours of studying and reading books that aren't of interest to me. Uh, I love financials, but I wouldn't be a good accountant. Uh, so, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, you need to be a little bit of everything. You need to be a little bit of an accountant, a little bit of a finance guy, a banking guy, a marketing guy. Um, or gal, uh, you need to know, you know, how to read balance sheets and, and how operations run. So you need to have a good knowledge of everything, Yeah. but not necessarily to be good at just one thing. So I, again, it's about using your strengths, uh, knowing what they are and, um, yeah, putting yourself in opportunities that are a good fit for your personality.
0: Yeah, you're reminding us of that um that need for an entrepreneur to be able to wear multiple hats. And it seems like that's something that you would be able to, you know, you would have the energy for <laughs> and
1: and want and, to be able to do. Exactly. You need to kind of be a jack of all trades and know how to run each department. Basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your specific business, which I introduced in the um, the intro. But one of the keys to your success in the auto repair industry has been being able to clearly differentiate yourself from your competitors. And that's something that I think is so important, especially for our introvert entrepreneurs, because as we've been talking, you know, energy is our great asset. And it can be a huge energy drain if you're trying to be all things to all people. So this idea of really differentiating yourself becomes even more important. So for you, what was the process of identifying the differentiator and then trusting it and running with it?
1: Well, when we started our first store, we started it on $103,000 on 13 credit cards. Uh, it was mm-hmm. in the very back of an industrial park, kind of a terrible location, but we always knew we wanted to be the best. We wanted to have a clean shop, a clean showroom, have the best technicians. Uh, and have very rigorous policies and procedures where people follow and we can assure the quality of, the, of not only the customer service, but the workmanship and everything else. Uh, Judy, my wife Judy, uh, introduced uh, us being as certified female-friendly as well. Mm-hmm. So for our female customers, because they make really the majority of the buying decisions in most households, to 70%, yeah. uh, we wanted to be able to... Cater to, to women and have our guys train to specifically know how to how to talk to them and listen to them, and identify you know what they're they, you know how to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So I think we had a very clear vision of what we wanted our company to look like, and we had a, a clear message for that we put out to our customers and certainly our employees. We had internal marketing message as well as an external marketing.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I think what. A big part of making your company unique is having a clearly defined vision, uh, a clearly defined message for your customers and your employees, and a game plan on how you're going to get there. How you're going to attain your vision?
0: Yeah,
1: I does love that, that make
0: sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're reminding us that it's that marketing is not just an external activity that goes towards potential clients and customers, but that it's internal. That there's marketing to be done even to your own employees, and that there's a message and vision that includes them.
1: Well, you know, what's super important is you can't say things just once and expect it to stick. Mm-hmm. You've got to what I call it reinforced. So we had a thing at, you know, Curry's Auto Service. We'd would have two minute meetings every day, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes twice a day. We'd each shop. would get the troop, the managers would get the troops together and say, Hey, look, you know, we're really busy today. Make sure you test drive every car. Make sure you seat over the formats and inspect every car properly, and, and do a good job and all that. And the next day, maybe, we're not so busy. Make sure you just from every car. Make sure you uh, do, do good work. Use, uh, inspect every car. Use traversal formats in every car. So the message is the same, whether mm-hmm. you're busy or slow, but you have kind of constantly be preaching that message.
0: Yeah. And this idea of two-minute meetings, you know, it's like there's so much that can be done in a very short period of time. And and that sounds like something that you would be able to do consistently, and be able to sustain that level of contact with your employees, and they probably appreciate being able to, you know, get in and get out with uh, information and, and reinforcement.
1: Yeah, because they actually have real work to do. I mean, you yeah. don't to tie people up. I mean, if there's a reason to have a long meeting, you know, have a long meeting. I, I try to make my meetings no longer than an hour. But two minute meetings are simply just a quick message, getting any daily company news out. And enforcing, and reinforcing their existing message, yeah. whatever that is, you know, for your company, and it needs to be a compelling message. You know, it needs to be every, something everybody can believe in and get behind.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that's got to be part of the differentiator as well. It's not just who you serve or you know what what kind of cars you work on or that sort of thing, but it's also about the employee, the employee buy-in that, and participation.
1: That's uh, absolutely right.
0: So in your blog, and, and I'd encourage everyone to go to your blog because I, I had a little trouble. I was like, "Ooh, I want to pick out one of these topics to ask a little bit about. And uh, finally settled on one that you wrote about creative destruction, which I love that expression. And I find that idea very intriguing. It reminds me of a, there's a book called um, Wreck This Journal that, you know, we mm-hmm. take we're supposed to take something that normally we would um, treat with reverence or kid gloves or, you know, you don't mess it up. Because it's, you know, creative, it's special. And instead, you know, we're encouraged to kind of rip it apart. <laughs> and and so I'm wondering, when you talk about creative destruction, what does that mean? And what's important about it?
1: You know, I like that um, example that you brought up. It was a good visual. Uh, <laughs> so... When, when evil... <laughs> Even when things are going good, I mean, at Curry's Auto Service, we were at the number one auto repair shop in North America, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when things were going well, uh, you'd want to break it down and make it even better. So when we attend stores, you know, the highest performing stores, you want to see what they're doing, right, and make sure that you're sharing that with the, with the other stores.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then even take what they're doing and break it down and, and see if you can make it more efficient, see if you can make it better, you know what I mean? It's, yep. I love operations and I love efficiencies. I want things to happen <laughs> like now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> I'm all about now. Um, so, anytime that you can make something more efficient and make it better, and sometimes that might be by like implementing a new technology, not just a new way of doing things, but anytime you can do that, you're 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 adding value for your, really, for you yourself, your customer, your company. It's then it's all about adding value.
0: Yeah. So the idea of if it ain't broke, don't fix it is really challenged here because you're saying if it's if it's not broke, can you break it a little bit to see if it can be fixed even better?
1: Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you, you know, you, just, you try new things and you don't necessarily want to try For instance, if we had a new technology that we were going to implement, we'd test drive it in one of our stores first. We wouldn't put it all out to 10 stores. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to... The proper amount of risk, I guess. But, but it, it's really not that difficult. Maybe it's eliminating one step of your operation to make things more efficient. Or maybe it's, again, finding a technology that makes things better, communication to the customer better somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so when you did that, you know, have you had an instance where you, you did break something and, and you found out that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily worth breaking, <laughs> you know. You that it was better off before. Or that you know, you just learned something that you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't taken that step.
1: Yeah, so I'm um, I'm sure I can done that a hundred times, but I can <laughs> think of one where we where we were using um, a basic an iPad technology to do video estimating. So, like, let's say your car was leaking oil or your brake pads were worn out, we'd take a picture or a video of it, and mm-hmm. we could actually have an online meeting with you um or share that with you so that you had basically people want proof and so we're giving you proof of what was wrong with the car. Um and uh but we found that a lot of people didn't really they trusted us enough. They didn't really care about that. If mm-hmm. they wanted pictures, we could always send them to them. But it it slowed things down quite a bit, right? Right. So it didn't work out. And so we went back to just normal, you know, calling people up or emailing them mess them having them call us. And if they wanted backup, we could certainly send that to them. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's a, that's a good example because instead of being able to work on 30 or 40 courses, they maybe we were able to work on...
0: 25 or 30 cars a day it slows down. Huge difference. Yeah, huge difference. And it strikes me that, you know, what was, what's wonderful about that example is that you learned that something wasn't going to work and you didn't necessarily, you probably gave it a good, a good trial run, but then were able to quickly say, nope, this isn't, this isn't it and be able to scrap it. And I love that you say, then it serves as a backup. So at least you have that, but um, that you were willing to say, yeah, no, our bright shiny object idea, <laughs> it was not, right. know, was not necessarily the the right thing for the customer nor for the company. So let's let's just you know move on.
1: Right, exactly. And we like I said, we did it at one store first, didn't right? just put it out to all ten stores and create a huge mess. <laughs> so.
0: Exactly, exactly. You didn't try to force it. You just you tested it and it learned something, and and then took the right course of action. So. That's a great example yep. thank you for sharing that so any final sort of parting words of advice particularly if someone is listening and they they identify with the adD um, description and they are an entrepreneur you know what you know what's something that you would want to leave them with that you think would be most supportive or helpful to them
1: um, well they're, they're not crazy number mm. one yeah um, you know I think that's important you know when you're ADD I mean there's a lot of uh, close relatives um, obsessive compulsive disorder maybe some bipolar or manic depressant mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot and, and Jeff I mean everybody's got something you know yes. uh, and you know Car- um, Cameron Harold wrote, wrote my forward. you know he's uh, he's got manic depressant or he's bipolar and maybe manic depressant um, and like when he's Experiences his highs, his, you know. It, he's manic. He's out there with his troops, rallying his troops, getting in operations, mm-hmm. and out in front of the media and all that. When you're and he's in his depressed stage, that's when he's maybe more introverted, yeah. right? And not out, you know, in the masses and more kind of thinking on strategy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's you know, like I said, you're not crazy. Everybody's got something, but you need to figure out, you know. When you're at your best, and when you should be out, there, when you should be out rallying the troops and doing doing that type of thing, and when you should be working on strategy, and uh, use your strengths as your, you know, use your weaknesses as your strengths. Basically, yeah. these are things that everybody told you, "Hey, you're introverted, you can't do this, or you're extroverted, you can't do that." Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's bull, cool, you know, yeah. and, and I think,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, use it, use it as your superpower to move forward in your life.
0: Absolutely, work with it, not against it. That's awesome. Right. Thank you. Well, I, I, this question may or may not resonate with you, but I ask it of all my guests. <laughs> and, because even I think extroverts need a vacation, right? We need a, They need a break. Absolutely. And so if you were granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island, and you could only take three books with <laughs> you, what would you take with you and why? Let's see. Um, i really like the Steve Jobs book. I'd oh, probably love, yeah. love to
1: read that again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great story. Yeah. So that would be a good one. Um, and so, you know, six or in a read, so it's good. Anything by James Mitchner? Mm-hmm. I've read Alaska, Hawaii. I think I'm the, my, my weekend house is a, off the Chesapeake, kind of off the Potomac, which is off the Chesapeake. So I'd like to read his book, The Chesapeake. I haven't read that yet. Yes. But anything by James Mitch, uh, Mitchner is awesome. Cool. Um, Either John Grisham or or James Patterson books. Mm -hmm.
0: Great beach (laughs) Uh, reads.
1: (laughs) uh, Right, exactly. So uh, having a good good fun read like that, I always enjoy.
0: Awesome. Well, it's interesting that you brought up the Steve Jobs book, because that's one of my favorites. If you're talking about the Walter Isaacson biography, the one that's, you know, 600 plus pages and... It's a fabulous, fabulous um, biography. And, and as you're reading it, you definitely get the sense, of course, that something is going on with Steve Jobs. Um, and it's never quite named, although people speculate about bipolar or manic depressive and and things like that. And I think it is kind of an example of, well, it it didn't always show up in the, the healthiest way when it came to his relationships with people. It did um, demonstrate that, you know, that kind of superpower can be harnessed to create things that... You know, literally changed the world, and and how powerful that is. Um, that he didn't well, necessarily right. try to rein that in, but that it was it was leveraged.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's you know, Steve Jobs definitely had something going on. Um, but it's also also fascinating because I grew up in that era, right? The early eighties. It was like history, yep. you know, like mm-hmm. from nineteen seventy eight. Reading it, reading about the early eighties with Apple and all that it was just super super cool and super interesting and he's brilliant i mean obviously a brilliant mind and and all
0: that yeah yeah i loved that's the other part of that book it wasn't just about steve jobs but it was about the history of personal computing and technology in our in our lives and just you know when i read about Mm. how fascinating it was when they first you know first discovered how they can make different fonts on a monitor you know there's so much that we take for granted that they were like oh my gosh look at this you know (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Well, that is crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I loved reading about that. So um, so thank you for bringing that piece forward. So what's the best way for people to connect with you and to learn more about you and, you know, if they're in the geographic area, Curry Auto, and, um, and your book, The ADD Entrepreneur?
1: Well, they can go to com. So mm-hmm. com. I sold Curry's auto service. We had a successful exit about two years ago. Nice. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they can reach me at Matt, M A T T, at V T H E Hybrid H Y V R I V Shop dot com. Great. So Matt at the hybrid dot com. And yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody uh, who's interested in, in learning more, or they can also buy, if they go to my website, at dash of dot com, you can buy uh, my book there too.
0: Awesome. Great, great. And I assume they can probably get it on Amazon and. Um, other spots where books are sold.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, you can go to Amazon, of course, and Barnes okay. & Noble, all that stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I've, I've really appreciated your insights about both running a business as an extrovert and with the um, the ADD aspect of it, as well as um, just all of your business lessons. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you found my conversation with Matt enlightening and useful. If you want to learn more about Matt, that web address again is a adashofcurry.com. If you find value in these podcasts, I invite you to take a moment to stop by iTunes and leave a short review. Reviews and ratings truly make a big difference. It raises the visibility of the podcast, which means more people can find it and benefit from it. Thank you so much for considering. I want to leave you with a quote from E.E. Cummings that seems to fit the conversation today. He wrote, Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. I wish you curiosity, wonder, and spontaneous delight in everything you do, now and always. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.